Jewish Money Matters, episode 310, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome back to the show. Friday, February 17. A recap of the week, ladies. Well, I had my wedding anniversary last Friday, and I didn't mention that. I can't believe I forgot. Um, 18 years. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Well, the truth is, I don't really celebrate that anniversary so much. Um, my wedding anniversary on the Hebrew calendar is actually coming up. So I guess that's why I'm bringing it up now. Um, it is this week, Rosh Chodesh Adar. That's our wedding anniversary. On the show this week, Monday, I was in conversation with Elisa Quart about her book, about her work in her last book, Squeezed, Why Our Families Can't Afford America, and her upcoming book, Bootstrapped, Liberating Ourselves from the American Dream. Good names, aren't eh? Good titles. But, you know, it, I do have to say, when we hear that, I don't want you to worry and think this episode is a downer, because it really wasn't. It was actually quite funny and quite a, quite a refreshing conversation. Elisa is lovely. And, and the truth is, it, it made me appreciate our Torah and Jewish life so much. Not that I don't, but it really just brought to mind so much appreciation. I mean, you know, I kept thinking about the fact that just a just an example, like last Sunday, I was home and there were three boys here, 13, 11 and eight. They were just playing and eating with our family and they were just part of the whole family dynamic. And why? Because their mother, my friend, was in New York enjoying her time at the Kinos HaShluchos, the annual convention of Chabad women emissaries. So her boys were here giving their father a break. I mean, they could be home with dad. That also works. But for us, it was just a treat to have them here. I mean, my son was so happy. Uh, We kept them much of the day and we kept them entertained. And I mean, I didn't have to do much, guys. Like, they're pretty self-sufficient. I think I fried French fries, and I, my daughter made smoothies. <laughs> but how many, that's just a tiny example. There were there have been so many times that I've needed to go out of town, and I've been able to farm out my children to members of my community, or friends have had to go out of town, and they've been able to leave their kids by me. So, you know, and it's not even going out of town. I, there's so many times that I'm coming late from a meeting, an appointment. I remember the day we signed the mortgage for this house years ago. I remember vividly, I had to pick up my kids at a friend's house, at a neighbor's house, because we were late for that meeting, for that, from that meeting. But there's many other times, you know, can you keep my kids, my babysitter canceled, or, you know, I have an appointment, whatever, can someone help, right? Times where there's been, you know, picking up, um, a friend's daughter at the airport so that she doesn't have to take an Uber because my friend is bound up either, you know, having to fly out or he's flying or whatever the situation is. And I don't, just like I would want my child to be picked up. I don't mind. You know, it's just, it's good to have friends who are like family, like community members where our children and we feel at home at, right? And who can, we can help each other out. The stories are absolutely endless, like endless. Um, When I had one of my children, I had to stay in the NICU for a while. And I'm still in awe of the amount of help. Like I didn't have to worry about my other kids. I was really new. I had just moved here from from China. Uh, I didn't have to worry about my other kids. 
they were well taken care of and and throughout the day i mean they were sleeping in my home i was sleeping at home i was in sleeping in the hospital but they were well taken care of after school in homes that share our same values they were well fed they were well tended for while my husband and i could focus on the newborn baby who really needed us so it is very very special to have that to have that community support and i i'm i'm glad we're i'm saying it because i don't know that we recognize it enough you know um, even fine again financially which was the topic of the conversation with Elisa you know we share with each other where there are good deals on flights when you know for our children who are abroad when there's financial aid applications that are due for camps or how we help each other out how do you submit these applications where do you get them you know and so much more um, and when you hear my conversation with Elisa you'll see why I'm bringing this topic up the, the point is that we don't build ourselves up in a in a vacuum. We don't operate in a vacuum. We need community. Community is essential. It's so important. And it's it's part and parcel of being Jewish. And I and I know that I, I say that knowing that not everybody in my audience has the experience of living in a Jewish community at the moment. And I certainly didn't my entire life. But if you have a chance to start getting more Jewishly involved you know, I was just in California and I met with a friend and she was telling me how inspired the event was for her in the sense that she said to me, you know, I should start getting more Jewishly involved, right? And I'm, I'm glad that it touched her because it's true. If you can, you know, maybe there's a sisterhood in town or a Jewish women's networking group or a committee for a holiday that you can join and, and, and you know, work with other women and just start building those relationships. Do not underestimate the power that community can have in your financial wellness, in your mental health, and more. So you shouldn't be trying to build life on your own. That is not the Jewish way. And while Alisa talked about the man who, in her book, who experienced that lack of individuality within a tight-knit community, um, I don't know if you heard that conversation yet, but you'll hear it in the episode. I have a very strong feeling that this is the exception and not the norm. I mean, it hasn't been my 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 reality and you know many of my friends reality and, and I don't mean that my friends in my community but in other communities um you know at least where, when where I live we're we're individuals <laughs> everyone has their space and is a character on their own believe me the diversity is incredible and it's valued and it's respected <laughs> both in terms of what we do for work what we enjoy outside of work and so much more so you know and I, I'll just say one more plug for community because this is something that I also observed this week we had it was in the secular calendar it was Valentine's and we used the date as an excuse to get together and have a money date experience with the members of my alumni membership called Momentum I think you've heard about that before and I also invited my students inside my program got wants you to be rich so you know we had a whole group and we had this money date experience and in there again i just i saw how important community is and i was so proud of the community of women who've we've slowly built the level of support encouragement advice i mean it's really really priceless and especially when it comes like elisa was saying to topics as money which this man in her book was saying well i don't we don't have a place to be open about money I mean, there is no reason why we should be trying to learn about money and moving ahead financially on our own if we don't have to. Don't do that. Lean on others. Um, find that community. Um, and I, I'm I'm so grateful and privileged that I'm able to facilitate that for people. I mean, I, I it helps people and it helps me as well, right? But um, you know, aside from the celebrations and the accountability and all that that we do in the group, 
or that we did and we normally do in the group, it turns out that that day, one of us was going through a really tough time. And the way women showed up for her in that conversation during that session, during that meeting was so beautiful. I was in awe. Again, testament to why we need community, uh, why when it comes to dealing with our money, growing financially, it's all so important. I just had a member today of the membership who, again, shared such a big win and she was so grateful to all of us for the support. So, okay, community, (laughs) big plug. So catch Monday's episode if you haven't and let me know what you think. And if you haven't joined the wait list for God Wants You To Be Rich, this is probably a good time for me to remind you to do that (laughs) because I can't say enough good things about this program. Community aside, that's one element. And, And yes, I know I'm a little biased, but my students can say enough good things about this program. And we're almost finished and it's always a bit bittersweet. So if you didn't join us for this cohort, this is your chance to get in that waiting list so that you can join us the next time the doors open. That is available to you at yaeltrush.com forward slash wait list. All right. So something else in my, that I've been meaning to mention you, my Bitachon class, my trust in God class is back. And this season, it's like, I want to call it like another season, like we're doing the gate of trust again, which we did months, months ago. And then we, we did another book on Bitachon. But now my students said, we want to do gate of trust again. So we just recently started, we're only on class two of this, what I want to call this season. We've definitely taking it up a notch. And I have to give credit and thanks to my dear husband, who is really a master at the Gate of Trust book. And I'm really using this, this time around, I'm really using a lot of his advice to help my students stay within a, a structure that helps them understand the logic of the book and the line of reasoning that happens throughout the book. So really, it's very exciting for me to do it in this way. And if you've joined us in the past, or if you've never joined us, I, I highly encourage encourage you to join me, to join us this time around, because the class is better than ever, if I can say so myself. You can register at yaeltrush.com forward slash pitachon. That's how you register for class. It's completely free, but you do have to register in order to um, get the the zoom link where we meet and get the replays and be alerted of, you know, notices for class and all the things. That's the only way to manage this class. So yeah, ltrush.com forward slash bitachon. All right. So let's go to the iTunes review section. Well, it's not really iTunes. It's Apple podcast. I know they changed, but I don't know. We still call it iTunes. Uh, Not just me, (laughs) many out there. And this week, we're saying thank you to Patricia, Patricia Levin. Hi, Pato, (laughs) my personal friend. You know, it's so nice to see that your IRL, (laughs) your in real life friends are also listening to the show. It really is very nice. And she says, motivation, you are so inspiring. Love your podcast. I did not tell her to leave that review, (laughs) y'all. I really didn't. Pato, let's get together. You know where to find me. All right questions in the mailbag. The first question is from Devorah. And Devorah says, Yael, I see different versions of this question a lot. Can you address it? And what is the question? The question is, things are very tough. When a person can't pay the bills, is super stressed, etc. Should I invest in myself, building a new business, or get a job? Well, thank you, Devorah. Excellent question. And you're right. We do see different versions of this a lot. I'm glad you brought it up. But, you know, sometimes things are a little bit more nuanced or a lot more nuanced. Sometimes a person is in a very tight position because whatever business deals they're involved in haven't materialized. And you might be in 
I don't know, you might be in commercial real estate and financing is very hard right now, or you might be in another type of service and your clients are defaulting more on payments than other times. So, you know, does that mean that you get another job? Not necessarily. Um, if you're already in business, the struggles might be pushing you to one, strengthen your pitachan. You knew I was going to say that, right, guys? Which addresses the that part of the question where you say the person is, and I quote, super stressed, right? That's what you said. And number two, it, you know, you, it, it pushes you to keep opening other channels and up leveling in your business in other ways, et cetera. And of course that's very general, but anyone who's in business kind of gets what I'm trying to say here. Now, if the situation is very tough, as you describe, and the question is on, in, as you say, investing on yourself and starting a new business or getting a new job, I will refer to a conversation that I had with career coach Shayna Karen here on the show only a few weeks ago on episode 306, where she says, get a job and call me later, right? Put food on the table and call me in a year. Listen, if you can't keep the lights on, you also can't invest in yourself and in starting a new business. Now, there is so much great, there are so many gradients to the statement, the situation is very tough. Sometimes the situation is not as dire, but the, the stress level is through the roof, nevertheless. And again, I go back to the bitachon piece, right? The strengthening of bitachon is absolutely necessary. Sometimes the situation is really dire where you literally can't put pay your mortgage or keep the lights on. And then as Shayna said, you go get a job and then later you start thinking about your ideal thing to do. But then again, there are also people who are just entrepreneurs, period. And so even if the situation is very, very tough, they'll still start the next thing or they'll find the money to start the next next thing. So I don't think there's a right answer. There's not one answer for everyone. There's no there's not one blanket statement for all people who ask the question that you post. The question has been asked many times in different versions of it, but there's no not going to be one answer. There's not one blanket statement that says, if you're in situation X, then you go do Y. One, because X is very relative, very relative, very subjective, right? The tough situation being X, right? And two, because doing Y might be great for some people and not so great for other people, depending not just on X, on situation X, but also on their personality, their experience, their access to capital, the nature of their dependence, their level of bitachon, and so much more. So yes, I might be a big you know proponent of entrepreneurship and working for yourself. I love that, but that's not the answer for everyone. And that's okay. I totally get it. That's an answer that comes with a tremendous amount of tolerance for risk and the ability to stomach uncertainty and, you know, sometimes very hard months or years. At the same time, I, I totally get the fact that sometimes the best answer is to get a job, period, until things are more stable or until you can save up enough to take the greater financial risk or to invest in the business, etc. And then I'll also refer us to... My conversation with Patrick McGinnis here on the show. Patrick is the author of the book, The 10% Entrepreneur. He's also the author of the book FOMO, but his earlier book is The 10% Entrepreneur. And I really think that this is a very good concept and it's something that we need to, you know, keep in mind. I think there is a happy medium where in a tough situation, a person gets the job, but as things get more stable, they start investing in building a business and they build that on the side. They don't even have to quit the job. Now, as you heard from Monday's conversation with Alisa, 
that sometimes, and if you didn't go hear that one too, that sometimes is taxing, you know, the whole side hustle thing, you know, it can be very taxing and is not necessarily glamorous, but for many of us, it's still a great alternative. I, I don't discount it whatsoever. And I don't think getting a job because things are tough is a sign of failure and not at all. And I don't think holding a job and building something on the side is a sign that you're not a bold entrepreneur or business person, you know, like it doesn't have to be this, these, the extremes, right? I think this is super personal and individual and you have to know yourself and you have to get advice from a mentor who knows you well, who can look at the full picture and who can be objective not a family member, not a close friend, all of whom are emotionally invested in the situation and can start projecting their own fears, etc. A mentor. <laughs> and even better if it's a mentor with Torah perspective, your Rav or your Rabbi, something like that, someone like that, I should say. And please, please, bitachon. let's incorporate it in, into the solution. Never leave that out of the equation. Okay, thanks, Devorah. So Dina asks on Instagram, can you recommend a quick and easy way to keep tabs on your investments? Great. So what Dina is referring to, I think, is, um, listen, we might have several accounts with different institutions, right? My husband might have a 401k with one. I might have mine with another. Our brokerage account is somewhere else. There's a Roth IRA somewhere else, et cetera, et cetera. Can I look at it all in one dashboard and get a full picture and not have to be jumping from platform to platform anytime I need to check up on you know my money? And the answer is yes. And the one that comes to mind first is personal capital, which I just found out changed names to Empower. This must have just happened actually. And I, I personally like it and I have students who also like it. You connect all of your accounts. It's a really powerful platform. I would definitely check it out and it is free. I think you can also use Mint, although Mint started out as more of a budgeting tool over the years. I think by now it has the capability of to give you a dashboard with all your investments. So check those two out. I'm not a Mint user myself. I stopped using Mint many, many years ago. Um, and I haven't been back there in years, but I do understand that they do this. And I, as I said, I, I, I like personal capital now empower. <laughs> so that would be my other suggestion empower. I got, I got used to that new name. I like the name personal capital. Oh, shame. Anyway, let me know if either of those, uh, work out for you. If you end up choosing one and how you're liking it. Next question is from Tavia on Instagram who says, Yael, would you recommend investing in stocks that provide a dividend? Well, I'll take a step back here and think about it. Like, would I even recommend investing in individual stocks? And the answer I think you all know is no, unless, unless you're looking to invest in individual stocks as a form of, you know, entertainment, using play money, money that you can afford to lose because you like, you know, you want to spend time doing that. And that that's great. Right. And and it also assumes, presupposes that you're already investing in a well-diversified portfolio comprised mostly of low index funds. And so, yeah, sure, if that's the case, you know, a stock that pays dividends is nice. But then again, that's not the only or shouldn't be the only reason to invest in a given stock. There are other things you look out for to pick a stock, but I'm not a stock picker and I'm not going to get into a whole session on how to, how to pick stocks. There's plenty of books out there. And again, because I don't, 
I don't think the majority of us should be trying to become stock pickers. Okay. So since I don't even recommend investing in individual stocks, I would say I don't really worry about dividends. I don't have a particular bias towards dividends. And I don't have to because I know that many of the stocks that that you have in your diversified portfolio do pay dividends and many don't. And that's okay. As long as I'm investing broadly in your index funds, you will own stocks that pay dividends and stocks that don't. And that's fine with me. I have no interest in finding out exactly which of the hundreds, thousands of stocks that are part of the index funds that I hold are paying dividends. I'm just interested in being diversified across all sectors. And I think you guys get that by now, right? We've talked about this plenty. We have a ton of episodes on investing and you can refer also to, I would say, my episode 297 with Jeremy Schneider. That that would be a good one where we talk about investing in index funds. And there's a bunch others. So that's all to say, mm, no, don't, don't just don't think about it too much. <laughs> just stick to the index funds and, you know, be happy. And that's a wrap, ladies. Thank you to Devora, to Dina, to Tavia for your questions. And I didn't forget about the public speaking tips. Those are coming. If you're following me on LinkedIn, which I think you should because I'm hanging out there a lot these days. But if you're following me on LinkedIn, I've been posting those there, but I will I will share them with you. They're coming to you next week in the form of a mini-sode. I don't, I don't know how many it is, but it'll be a mini-sode as we like calling them around here. And I'll also be back here with Ashley Stahl next week on Monday. Ashley, Ashley is the author of U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, and Design Your Dream Career. So stay tuned for that. Keep sending in those questions for next Friday's Ask Yale episode. And please take a minute to leave a review and rating on your Apple Podcast app, not iTunes, Apple Podcast. And I will be picking a reviewer of the week to win a 20-minute session with me. I hope we have a lot of new reviews to pick from. <laughs> okay, ladies? All right, have a Shabbat Shalom. Shalom.